Mindfulness Mode 330. There'll be 6 million Tibetans thinking about us, praying for us, and you know, being present and thinking and being thankful for what we're doing. Welcome to Mindfulness Mode. I'm Bruce Langford, your Mindfulness Mode host and and Mindfulness Life Coach. It's great to have you with us. If you're new, welcome. If you're you're a returning guest, always grateful to have you as a listener. And oh, please share the show. Share it as much as you can because that's what helps keep me on the air. And of course, subscribing on whatever app you are listening to Mindfulness Mode on. Subscribing helps me immensely. And you know how much I love receiving messages, emails, and so on from my listeners. And I just received one from John. And this, actually, I say just, it was about five days ago. But John Anagnost uh, sent me this email. Thank you so much, John. He says, I wanted to check back in with you because he sent me something in January. He said, I wrote before about how much I've gained from listening to your show. I still listen daily and tell others about how great the content is. I found a new job four months ago and I'm on a better path with my career, my children, my relationships. I really don't know where I would have been without your show. I've downloaded apps, I've read books that have been recommended, and he goes on to talk about it. I am forever grateful for you and your leadership. Thank you. And I just sent him a reply email saying, look, John, I'd love to send you my book as a gesture of appreciation. I have a hardcover book that I did with Brian Tracy, which was a compilation. I wrote a chapter, other people wrote chapters, and I'm just grateful for any of you who reach out to me. So, oh, and also, hi to you, Brooke. Another one of my listeners, Brooke Ledbetter from Texas. You let me know that your t-shirt didn't arrive yet, and I apologize, but it is on the way. So thanks for being a, a listener, a Mindful Tribe listener, Brooke. Well, today the episode is wonderful because Adam is such a great guy. I mean, he's so real. He's so, he's so genuine, and he's so inspirational. I think you'll agree with me. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode with my good friend, Adam Shobley. Adam, are you in mindfulness mode today? I have already meditated. I have stretched. I've gone for a nice, long, quiet walk. Uh, I've done my my affirmations, so I'm in full-on mindfulness mode, Bruce. (laughs) Full on. You can't get more mindful than that, can you? Exactly. (laughs) Wow, Adam, it's great to have you here. You know, after uh, meeting you at the New Media Summit, that was awesome. And I knew your buddy Justin before, Justin Schenk. I knew him, but I hadn't met you before. So it was great to meet you and and talk with you over there. Yeah, that was a great event. I met so many just interesting people and, and, you know, you've, you've been there before, so you know how it worked, but I was very surprised that uh, just the amount of energy that, that came out of that is pretty cool. It was very cool for sure. Yeah. So, so Adam, what does mindfulness mean to you? I mean, let's face it, you've already given us the lowdown about all the stuff you've done this morning related to mindfulness, but as far as the word is concerned, what does that conjure up for you in your life? Mindfulness is really important to me. I, I feel like if we're going to define it, to me, it means we have to be present. We have to be in the moment and thinking about what is actually going on. I feel like so many people, 
you know, I'm, I'm involved in health and fitness and obviously I've got a story around that, but I feel like so many people lose sight of their health and fitness because they just get in the routine of their day and they go with the flow and all of a sudden it's that pattern and they just hit repeat every day. And mm -hmm. it's like the movie Groundhog Day, you know, and it's just, yeah. you know, wash, rinse, repeat every single day. And they aren't being in the moment. They aren't thinking about what they're doing and how they can experience life to the full. So I feel like that's the way I define mindfulness is taking a second to breathe and pause and think like, okay, who do I need to show up for right now? Where do I need to be present right now? What do I need to be focusing on right now? And that's how I best define it. And you made a decision at one point that you were going to focus on your health. So before that, you had gone through a lot of pain, I think, from what you've said about, you know, you were overweight, you were not healthy. I mean, into your 20s. I mean, tell us about a day in your life when you were, say, you know, 25 and you were like experiencing that pain of being overweight. Yeah, so... On my podcast, I'm known as the PhD, which is the previously heavy dude, because I used to weigh 327 pounds. So if I'm going to take myself back in that moment, you know, I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. It was, you know, I couldn't buy clothes at a normal store, you know, I had to special order everything and they didn't have access to like the, the big, the big, the big guy stores like they do now. Uh, so that was a struggle, but just, you know, I was in debt. I had $40,000 with a credit card debt. I was a little bit depressed because I just found the girl of my dreams and she was getting to move away and, and just a lot of just negativity surrounding yeah. me. And, and that's kind of what I was focused on. It was almost like I wasn't being mindful. I wasn't being present. I was going through the motions and just letting all this bad stuff happen to me and letting it eat me up. So uh, that was uh, kind of a snapshot of, of where I was at before I started to change things around. So did this basically kind of happen in an instant, like a one day thing, suddenly you decided to change your life? Actually, yeah, I, I, I'd had a few friends that were dripping on me a little bit. They realized that uh, I use a term called crap magnet. I was a bit of a crap magnet. I was just attracting just these negative things into my life. And, and I had friends that would step up and offer me a book on personal development or, or personal growth. And I had a couple of different instances where somebody had let me borrow the DVD called The Secret, which is the law mm -hmm. of attraction. And it, it, I actually remember the moment when I kind of hit my rock bottom. I was in a grocery store. I had $40,000 with a credit card debt. I couldn't, you know, I, I was depressed. I, I wasn't feeling comfortable in my own skin. And I went home and that DVD was sitting there and it had been collecting dust for a couple of weeks. It had been the second time that a friend had given it to me because the first time I pretended to watch it, I'm like, oh, that's great. And I gave it back to him. Uh, and so <laughs> it had been sitting there collecting dust. And for those of you that don't know what the secret is, it's all about the law of attraction, what you're attracting into your life. So I sat down and I watched it. I ended up watching it three times in a row, back to back to back. And then wow. something crazy happened, Bruce. I don't know if I've ever told you this story or not, but I... I I sat down that night and the next day, I didn't go to work. I didn't, you know, I, I sat down and I mapped out my life for the next five years and I wrote down exactly what I wanted to happen and what the changes that I wanted to make. And I just kind of followed the template of what they teach you in the law of attraction in that, in that DVD. And it's also a book, The Secret. So I made some rules. I, I had to be 100% positive. So I couldn't even use the word debt when I wrote down my goals, I can be, I get out of debt because debt is negative. So abundance is what I'm, I'm present with. And I'm mindful about, I'm mindful of abundance. I'm, I'm mindful about love and being in love. I'm mindful about having success with my business and being happy when I go to work, uh, being confident in my health. So I, I 
wrote out a statement that now I call, I teach people how to do this now and my coaching clients, I call it my lifestyle rehabilitation statement and mm. talk about mindfulness. This is the mindfulness tool that helped me dramatically overhaul my lifestyle and change my life. So I wrote out exactly what I wanted to happen over the next five years. I put a date. It was June of 2012 was my deadline. And I read that statement out loud every morning and every night for five years in a row, Bruce. And I achieved, wow. I achieved every single goal from losing 100 pounds to starting a company to having uh, over 10 employees to having an 8,000 square foot facility. And you know, over that time, I lost uh, over 100 pounds. But the really cool thing is through all that positivity and that focus, I started helping other people in my hometown lose weight. And in that five-year time span, my hometown lost 35,000 pounds. So all this crazy stuff happened. And really, it's because I became mindful of what I actually wanted to achieve. It was like the light bulb was, was finally turned on. And I could see the opportunities in front of me instead of just letting the world control me and being reactive. I, I turned into a proactive mindset and it's all about being mindful about what I wanted to achieve. That's incredible. And it was that movie, The Secret, that really helped you propel into this new lifestyle. Then. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What a great story. So how did you lose the hundred pounds? I, you know, now the big thing these days is the hack, like the, 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 the biohack. Like, did you, yeah take some special oil and rub it inside your ears or something, you know, and all I, I, I stopped eating sugar. I stopped yeah. like drinking soda. I stopped drinking alcohol. I stopped eating processed foods and I just tried to sweat every day. And uh, that's how I lost a hundred pounds. So it was well, very, it's just clean eating. You know, now I develop all types of nutrition plans like intermittent fasting, ketogenic diet, but none of that was really, I mean, it was around, but it was this is 10 plus years ago and it wasn't a big deal. But for me, I just had to put in the work and I had to just keep really the way I lost hundred pounds is I, I was present and I kept showing up every day. So I would sweat every day. I would eat clean every day. And, you know, I would read my, my lifestyle rehabilitation statement every day. And that, that focused me in. So in the morning, it kind of charged me up and it gave me some goals. And it kind of, again, just, I would try to feel it. Like when I, when I would read it, I would try to feel how that would feel and be like that person that I'm trying to be and trying to create. And then at night it was accountability did I do anything to move the needle in that direction? And if not, I would read a little bit of a book. I would send one email to connect with somebody or just do something, watch a movie that made me laugh or anything like that. And uh, so it was accountability, it was focus. But yeah, I mean, the way I lost weight was just showing up. Wow. And I, and I love the words eat clean because it's so positive and it sounds so easy. You know, yeah. hey, I just eat clean. Yeah. It, it's not like, oh, I became militant about what I just, <laughs> you know, it, it, it doesn't sound like hard work. And, and you know, when we sat down in San Diego and, and people were having burgers and people were having like different kinds of foods, you're like, no, no, I'm, I'm having the kale salad. And it wasn't a big deal. It was just what you wanted. And that's what you had. And uh, you, didn't, it, you didn't make it into a big deal and nobody else did either. It doesn't have to be a big deal, does it? Right. And people really struggle with that, with weight loss. They feel yeah. like they judge. First off, we judge ourselves. Yeah. And then we think that other people are judging us also. And we can easily not, no, that's not easy, but we can take a step to not judge ourselves. That's, that's the first step. But also we have to realize that, you know, other people really aren't paying that much attention to us. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. uh, the only reason you probably noticed that I was eating kale salad was you, you bought all the appetizers for everybody. And I was like, <laughs> listen, I don't want to offend you, but you know, it's, it's, it's just the way I eat. Uh, yeah. So it, uh, yeah, but it's just, you know, if, if somebody is a vegetarian, 
that's a valid excuse. Like if we're having dinner and I order an all vegetable meal, you understand like that's because I'm vegetarian. Well, sometimes people don't realize they can apply that concept to like, I, I just eat clean. Like that's my choice. That's my lifestyle choice. Right. And it's the same exact principle. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be difficult. It doesn't have to be a big deal. You just do it. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's the answer. And like you said earlier about, you know, how we're on this treadmill and we do the same thing day after day after day, if we do the same thing and it's the clean thing, then we're going to become healthy very easily. Right. Yeah. Momentum is the key. And so if you have negative momentum, it's easier to stay in negative momentum. If you are in positive momentum, it's easier to stay in positive momentum. I did a challenge where I, you know, I, I like to see where my clients are struggling and I take a solution to an extreme level and lead by example. So an example of that is I have a lot of people that really struggle with emotional eating or just, you know, doing good for a few days on their nutrition plan and they fall off and they, they beat themselves up about it. So I said, you know what, I'm going to do a full year with no sugar, no processed foods, no alcohol, nothing, and no cheats on my diet. So I've got a strategy that I use with like cheat meals and cheat days. I was like, none of those either. So I didn't just go a year. I did a thousand days and okay. the last week was like in Las Vegas at a Tony Robbins event, everybody's party and having drinks in Vegas, buffet city. And yeah. I just planned ahead. It wasn't a big deal, but as I went, it got easier and easier and easier. And it was no big deal. And people were like, how did you go to Las Vegas and not have cake or cookies or bu the buffet? I'm like, it wasn't a big deal. Cause my, mo my momentum was going for a thousand days in the right direction. And that was my normal. It's, it's, it's hard to change something no matter what that pattern is. So Right. That's, uh, that, that's kind of the, the mindset that I had around that. And are smoothies part of your, your food intake? Yeah, I do some green smoothies. I do, uh, some different things along those lines, uh, depending on how busy I am. If I don't have a, a time to eat all the vegetables that, that I like to eat, then, you know, we do some smoothies. I'm, I'm kind of doing a deep dive on the ketogenic diet right now. So I'm watching my carb intake, uh, not doing any fruit right now, but I, I'm not like a one trick nutritional pony. Uh, I like to understand as many things as I can. I, di I dive deep on it. And then when my clients come to me and they deliver a, a problem, I try to bring a solution with a viewpoint of, all right, we need to get the right tool for the job. Let me reach into the toolbox. Let's see what the right tool for the job is. If it's a ketogenic diet, cool. If it's just a clean eating, cool. If it's paleo, cool. Uh, but I just like to understand everything. So right now, uh, the ketogenic diet is very, very popular. I'm just trying to understand it. Uh, how it works in my own body. And then I'm, I'm helping, uh, you know, several clients. All right. Can you help us understand it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, the, the ketogenic diet, um, let's talk about one or two of the, the, the misconceptions that people have. Uh, yeah. they, they assume it's just low carb or they assume it's the same as Atkins and it's very different actually. So that's a big okay. point of confusion where in the Atkins diet, people just focus on, uh, low carbs. That's the main focus is as, as low carb as possible with the ketogenic diet. We have to also be concerned about your protein levels because if your protein levels are actually too high, it will take you out of ketosis, which is the whole point of the ketogenic diet. And that's where people mess it up all the time is they just eat all kinds of meat and steak and, and cheese and their what's called your macronutrient ratio, your proteins, your fats and your carbs is out of whack and you never actually get into ketosis. So you don't become fat adapted and they're like, oh, this didn't work. Uh, so I interviewed a, a, a ketogenic expert on, on my, my show a couple of weeks ago and she said Atkins diet is kind of like just low carb 
purgatory. You're not getting the benefits of ketosis. You're not getting the mental clarity. You're not getting the energy because you're never actually getting into ketosis. So that's, that's the main confusion point. Really where I coach people with the keto diet is you got to start slow. You have to adapt your macronutrient ratios slowly. I, I use a four phase process. Uh, I feel like sometimes people freak their bodies out. They go from having alcohol and sugar and cookies and all this stuff to mm -hmm. less than 20 grams of carbs a day and their body freaks out and they have oh. really bad headaches and withdrawal and energy is all messed up. The keto flu is real and it happens. And I perform a more gradual approach and it's worked really well. I actually, I just wrapped up, I did a hundred person test group. I've got a course that I put out called Keto Done Right. And uh, we just wrapped up my hundred person test group and they did over a thousand pounds of weight loss uh, during their eight week phase. So uh, that was pretty awesome. And, wow. uh, yeah, so it's working well, uh, but it is definitely not a hack. It's not an easy, you have to be very mindful, very present on what you're doing. Uh, you can't just free eat with the ketogenic diet, but once you learn what a plate of food looks like, uh, in, you know, in a ketogenic theme, uh, you can get used to it, make it more of a lifestyle. And it's not, the more you go with it, the, the easier it gets. So with keto done right, how often do you meet up with people? Do you like talk with them on Skype or something like that? Or tell us about it. Well, with, with my online courses, I have different levels people can participate at. Like the basic level right now, like if you, if you guys just go to the website, millionpoundmission.com, you'll have like some, a few different options there. But uh, the course itself is eight weeks. Uh, they've got a chat feature in there. So anytime they have a question, they just type it in the chat box. That immediately goes into me. I ping them right back. So it's like on demand access that way. And, uh, but then we've got, um, uh, a little bit of a group sharing feature in there as well as so they can connect with other people. Uh, but it's just a, I take people by the hand, I record videos, it's all online. And then if they need additional assistance on top of that, I do a, uh, a five week coaching program as well that I put people through where they're actually getting on the phone with me or getting on Skype. And we, uh, just map out their battle plan week by week by week. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, it gets intense. I've got an application for that. Like I can't, you know, as you know, you just can't take on too many people if you're going to deliver uh, an right. impactful, you know, right. solution to, to their problems. Yeah. And what I love about you is that you're so down to earth and you're so personable. And I think that, you know, if I were a hundred pounds overweight and I came to you, I would feel, I would feel like you were there for me. You, you'd have my back. Like you, you're the kind of guy that you don't judge. You're just very relaxed about it. You're like, okay, here are the steps and here's what we're going to do. And, and I'm sure that you have stories from your clients who have come to you and achieved some amazing results. Tell us one. Yeah. One of my favorites, I've got a lot, like I've got a lot, Bruce Hill. Uh, you know, we're tracking the million pound mission. That's what my podcast is called, but there's accountability there. Like I'm actually tracking it. People go online, they, they record their weight loss and they donate their weight loss. And we just crossed 52,000 pounds uh, two days wow. ago. So wow. lots of stories, lots of transformations. Uh, I've helped 15 people from my hometown lose over a hundred pounds. So I'm kind of partial to those, those folks. I've actually got down on the mat and sweated with them. And, and, you know, like, wow. but there's a, a lady named uh, Lisa, that she's one of my largest transformation stories. She's lost over 150 pounds, wow. uh, you know, approaching like two and a half, three feet off of her stomach since she started. She looks like half the person. And she is just phenomenal. Her first workout, her first, you know, several workouts, she had to work out from a chair. Like she couldn't get up and down. She could not get up and down the floor by herself. We'd kind of get her some weights. She'd sit in a chair and we would sweat. 
and she would eat healthy. She would eat clean, you know, and with my coaching clients, they're assigned an accountability coach where they have to report in every day or mm-hmm. the accountability coach comes and holds them accountable and says, Hey, where's the report? We got, we got to stay in touch every day. Uh, so I feel like that's an area of the industry that people are getting wrong, where you'll do a lot of plans that are like 24 hour access. Just let us know if you need help. That doesn't happen with me because I know people need help. And my coaches, we all need help. Yeah. Right? My, my coach is going to check in with them every day. And uh, if they aren't checking in with us first, so, uh, but it's, it's a friendly accountability, but Lisa just has always been willing to give up control. She realized that this wasn't like a drive through restaurant where you just place your order and you get to get the result. It's you, you know, you place your order, you put the money down, you put that investment down, uh, but you have to cook the meal yourself, but you have to be willing to follow the right instructions uh, to cook that meal. And Lisa's just been very coachable. And now the cool thing is, you know, now we're, she's, I think almost three years in, she, uh, when I film online workouts and courses, I don't, get up there in front of the camera. I'm on the mic coaching people through it, but I pull my clients up there, my success stories, and they're the fitness models. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. hire fitness models. I'm not up there being a fitness model trying to be all fancy. Uh, My clients are the fitness models. So I I talk, she's kind of shy. I'm like, Lisa, I'm doing this new course. I would love for you to be my fitness model. She's like, what? (laughs) Uh, So, uh, but she got up there and the cool thing is I'm on the microphone and Lisa's doing burpees and push-ups and lunges and jump squats. And I tell people like, Straight up, Lisa had to work out in a chair. And if she can make it this far, you guys can do it too. So it's very motivational. So that's, yes. that's one of my favorite stories is she goes from working out into a chair, 150 pounds later, she's one of my fitness models, inspiring other people. She's one of my coaches now. So people get involved in my coaching program, uh, they make it to work with Lisa directly. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. That is very cool. Let's go back to that 35,000 pounds from your own hometown. How did, how did that start? I mean, I know you lost the weight, but then how did you move to that point where you helped the other, other people in your hometown? Right. So anybody that's lost a decent amount of weight, you, you'll know that you get fired up about it and other people start noticing. So I started just teaching other people what I was doing and I decided to start a boot camp. So this is 10 years ago. Uh, where, you know, the whole boot camp fitness was kind of just coming along and getting, getting going. So I started a boot camp and I was like the, the roaming fitness guy. I had a Ford Explorer with kettlebells and bands and weights and a punching bag in the back end. Uh, it was a two seat, you know, it, I transformed an SUV into a two seat vehicle <laughs> and, okay. and just, I got like one mile per, per gallon on gas <laughs> and I would drive around and rent space from like martial arts studios and Pilates studios and it was like, I didn't even, they had to call me to figure out where I was going to be and, and then pay me when they showed up for the class. It was so unorganized, but I would just convince people. I said, okay, I'm going to do an eight week challenge. I convinced the 13 people to do it and they end up losing like 200 and something pounds. And they went and got some more people for my next eight week challenge. And there was 30 people. And then by like my fourth or fifth eight week challenge, I had a hundred people showing up for this thing. Wow. And, and we would do a thousand pounds every eight weeks in my hometown. And it just started just cranking out the results. Obviously this is kind of fast forwarding a little bit uh, to the point where we started, you know, getting our own facility, like I talked about and things like that. And it's just, um, just crazy. But the momentum was going strong and uh, people were getting results like crazy. It was just like, you show up, you do what Adam says to do and you get results. And I, I would do weigh-ins and every Sunday I would do weigh-ins. I didn't, I had, you know, the technology of online scheduling wasn't there really. 
I mean, it probably was. I just wasn't smart enough how to use it. Um, it, was, it wasn't simple enough for me yet, Bruce. That, that's, let's be honest. Um, but I would have like 80 to 100 people show up randomly on a Sunday and just wait in line to, for five seconds to come and step on a scale and have me go like, okay, you're up, you're down, blah, blah, blah. Here's your next thing. Go. And just like conveyor belt of like just people waiting wow. to step on the scale with me. That's it, incredible. It was nuts. And, uh, but it feels good to impact my hometown. Like Bloomington, Indiana is where I was born and raised. I love this town. I love the people of this town. I love Midwestern people because they're just good hearted, hardworking people. We aren't fancy. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, I'm just kind of partial to us and the way we, you know, the way we do things. It's, uh, it's the way I like to roll. So it felt good to make that kind of an impact. And you know, and that the next thing that I started getting hit up when we started seeing all this success was you got to franchise this, you can make a bunch of money. And I've never, I mean, I, I want to be comfortable. I don't like worrying about money, but I've never been like, let's see how much money we can make And I don't like being in charge of a whole lot of people or things I like simple. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of a minimalist. So I, you know, that's where the podcast came along. I'm like, you know what? I don't like the franchise idea, but I think I can impact more people. And that's why we set the million pound mission goal and started doing the podcast. And that was kind of the next step. And then you, uh, you invested in the gym. So tell me about that. What was that like when you got that gym for the first time and you started having people come to you there? Well, it was cool. I, I had, you know, in my lifestyle rehabilitation statement, I had set a goal of getting a 4,000 square foot facility. And yeah. that was what I was visualizing. That was what I was feeling. And I actually ended up doubling that. Um, so then the funny thing about the gym is I walked in uh, and we opened up our, our new space. So I stopped doing all the random spaces and all that. And that was you know part of the, the goal. Mm-hmm. And I had, I'd had this goal. I'd been reading it every day for five, five years. And I knew the timeline and my, my deadline. And we had some construction issues and I had to get like a special permit from like the governor of Indiana to get us in there. But I ended up being seven days late from the date, the deadline that I had set five years before. That was uh-huh. the only goal I missed, but it was by seven days when, I, when we opened up the brand new uh, facility. And I walked in there and I had a hundred people uh, waiting for me at 6 a.m. in the morning. Uh, wow. I had never told anybody what I had done with the daily uh, you know, affirmations and things like that until that day. I and mean, people had heard me reading it out loud and like, that's kind of weird. Uh, but you know, I, I didn't matter where I was at. I would do it. Yeah. It's like yeah. I had to do it. It is my accountability. So yeah, I walked in, I told everybody what I've been doing the last five years and all the things I accomplished, like losing the hundred pounds, fa- you know, falling in love, getting married, having a child, erasing all my debt, creating a team, impacting our community. And I said, you know, this was the last thing that I had to check off that I set to change my life five years ago. People are just crying, you know, and they're like getting wow. emotional and then I was like, no, let's do some burpees. And then, then they, they turned to like, oh, I hate you still. This is, this is terrible. Uh, <laughs> wait a second. I don't like you anymore. Uh, yeah, that's right. We want, we want to hear the story, but or, we, don't, we don't want to do or, the work. Yeah, my, my clients know that. I, you know, I'm a podcaster. I like to talk. So they, uh, they know if they get me rolling on something like, wait, I've got another question. I'm like, you're just trying to distract me so we don't have to do burpees and push-ups. I, yeah. I'm on to you. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the way things rolled out with the studio. And uh, Adam, I always ask a question about bullying through this journey. Do you have a story about either you were bullied or I don't know, a bullying story that you can share with us where mindfulness would have made a difference? Well, I think there are, there's a unique thing that happens when somebody loses a lot of weight 
and we kind of bully ourselves a little bit. Like there's a, a, a moment where we beat ourselves up. We lose that, that confidence. And like I said, we assume that other people are making fun of us. Mm -hmm. So uh, people will beat themselves up a lot along the journey about not being there yet. You know what I'm saying? They, they've maybe they've lost 60 or 70 pounds, but their goal is 80, 90 pounds. And they beat themselves up about not mm -hmm. being there yet. They're not being present. They're not realizing like, Hey, I've accomplished something amazing yeah. you know, and being proud of that. So it's, uh, it's probably not the traditional bullying answer that you get, but I feel like let's start with us. Like don't beat ourselves up. Don't be hard on our own self, especially when we're accomplishing amazing things, you know, be proud of yourself. I, there's a, a coach that I've got named Dan Sullivan. He talks about uh, something called the gap and the gain. And uh, he says, you have to always measure from where you started. That's the gain. Don't measure the gap between where we are now to where we want to get to be, because that's like the horizon line. And we getting there, you know, air quotes never happens because what happens when we lose, we hit our 50 pound goal. Okay. I want 60. Okay. I hit that. Okay. I want 70. And people don't take that moment to breathe and be present and say, you know what? That's pretty damn awesome. And like, I, we all do this, whether it's with weight loss, with, with anything. I, uh, recently, you know, I, I do my, my affirmations. I still do my lifestyle rehabilitation statement. I still do it all. And I just accomplished another major goal. I paid off my mortgage and I'm so I'm mortgage free. I'm hundred percent debt free. And I took a few days and I just like, every, I just, I wasn't going to set the new goal. I wasn't going to set the next thing. I just sat down and just kind of walked around my house and I'm like, this is mine. This is, this is, you know, I don't have to worry about that debt anymore. I can take that and invest it in my retirement. I just really got in the moment and celebrated that with my kids, my family. And we talked about, you know, my, my son's seven. I talked to him like, I'm going to help, you know, put more money towards your college. And he doesn't understand any of that, but I, you know, no. I just communicated it to him. But just yeah. kind of being in that moment, being present, being mindful and being proud. And that's wow. the way that we can really not bully ourselves. So I hope that, I hope that answered that, in, in an indirect way. That's great. And I was just going to say, well, how can we do that so we don't bully ourselves? And you went right ahead and answered it. And uh, <laughs> thank you for that, Adam. Yeah, it's great. So you are walking to Columbus, Ohio and not by yourself. Tell us about that. So this, this is another interesting story. I'm, I've, I've got a lot of inter interesting people that have crossed my path. Yeah. And so uh, a few years back, I had a gentleman that we started helping with his transformation journey, weight loss, getting healthy. And his name is Kunga Norbu. And I found out from somebody else, like, you know who Kunga's uncle is, right? I go, no. He, they go, the Dalai Lama. <laughs> and I was like, wait, like, the leader of, of the religion? He's like, yeah, the he's the Dalai Lama's nephew. His dad is the Dalai Lama's brother. He helped him sneak him out of the country when the Chinese uh, invaded in the late 50s and the whole thing. And I was like, whoa. And I'd never talked to Kunga about it. So I started talking to him about it. And uh, it's interesting because in, when I was in high school, I actually wrote a report on all that and uh, the Tibetan freedom issue and all that. So we had a connection there. And I'd, I'd actually read his father's book it's called Tibet is my country. Uh, I read that for my study that I did. So it's uh -huh. a weird connection that yeah. years and years later, but so Kunga, his family has been kind of uh, given uh, the, the, the job of promoting the Tibetan cause, the, promoting the Tibetan culture and promoting Tibetan freedom in the United States. And his, his dad passed away, you know, he had kind of arranged a few things and started doing these really long walks you know, mm -hmm. a bunch of Tibetan freedom supporters would go on these long walks. 
then uh, his dad passed away. So his brother Jigme uh, started doing the walks and Jigme was killed on one of the walks. He got struck by a car. They were walking at night, which they should not have been doing. Uh, but uh, he was struck by a car on the highway and killed. So obviously really dramatic event for the, t- the Tibetan community. They're, they're a tight knit group of, you know, whether they're in the United States, whether they're in uh, India or they're in uh, Tibet, uh, still they're a very tight knit community is a big blow to them because you know, the people that go on these walks are heroes to these people that are, you know, fighting for their freedom over there. So Kunga took the mantle and started doing the walks. And then about three years ago, he had a stroke, not on a walk. He was just getting ready to actually get into a vehicle. So thank God he wasn't driving, but he had a, a very severe stroke. They thought he was going to die. And at this point in time, I, I knew him. Uh, I'd met him just before his brother got killed. Mm-hmm. And so we'd been friends by now. And we helped him get back into shape and, you know, he still doesn't speak well. So he has not done a walk because that's part of the walk is walking and talking and meeting at city halls and promoting uh, the Tibetan culture and the Tibetan freedom cause and explaining to people what's, what's happening in their country. And he can't, he has a hard time verbalizing his thoughts now because of the stroke. And mm-hmm. I said, Kunga, here's the deal, brother. I love to talk and I understand what's going on. I said, let's do another walk. Let's go together just me and you. And I, I, I had attended uh, last year, I attended an event in Columbus, Ohio called the summit of greatness with Lewis house. Awesome event. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and it, I was like, I'm going to go to this anyway. It's Columbus, Ohio. We're in the Midwest. Let's walk to Columbus, Ohio. So at the last week of September, uh, and the first week of October on October 4th, we will arrive in Columbus, Ohio after walking a marathon every day for eight days, uh, in a row, Kunga, wow. Kunga and I, and uh, we're going to show up and along the way we're inviting different uh, influencers and people to come and walk with us the last day we're gonna try to get as many people as possible we're still kind of mapping out the route uh but if you if you guys just follow million pound mission on instagram or on social media i'll be kind of doing doing updates and stuff like that to kind of circle the wagons on that but uh, it's gonna be an experience and we're gonna you know we're not looking for donations It's, it's it's awesome because people are like how do i donate i'm like we're not asking for money. We just want to raise awareness. Like we don't want anybody's money for anything. Like, you know, obviously we're promoting the, you know, we're trying to help these people. And the cool thing is Kunga went and talked to his uncle and he met with him in India. He got three private audiences with his uncle, the Dalai Lama. And he's like, my uncle knows about you. He sent me a little video of his uncle, like doing like a blessing thing for us, which is really neat. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Adam, here's the deal. All the Tibetans know about us. And they're all cheering for us. He's like, there'll be 6 million Tibetans thinking about us praying for us and, you know, being present and thinking and being thankful for what we're doing as we go on this walk. And I was like, that's unbelievable. Like I'm just some dude from Bloomington, Indiana that, uh, <laughs> I'm the previously heavy dude. I'm the PhD. I'm not like anybody <laughs> famous, but uh, one of the things I love to, to think about that really motivates me is I love to kind of be a leader of the normal people and like kind of the people's champ and be like, listen, I'm a normal guy. I'm not fancy. I'm not a celebrity. I don't, have a goal to do that, but we can still make a really awesome impact and we can do amazing things just as regular people. If we put our mind to it, um, you know, amazing things are possible. Very much so. Amazing things are possible and absolutely you don't have to be some huge icon of a person. You just, you know, just an ordinary person, just like you or I, it's amazing. Adam, I want to ask you five quick answer questions as we get closer to the end of our interview. Here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness? I would have to say, um, 
uh, Gary Keller. Uh, he has a book called The One Thing. Mm-hmm. And just learning from his philosophy on focusing on the most important thing and always putting daily energy towards that has really changed the way I think. Awesome. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? I think it's helped me. I used to really deal with anxiety a lot. I've been in the hospital a few times from, you know, entrepreneur, entrepreneuritis, working too many hours and, and, you know, anxiety attacks and taking on too much. So being mindful, being present in the moment has allowed me to have like a filter to sort out of, okay, what is actually happening and what do I actually need to be worrying about? And that's helped me tremendously. Awesome. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness. Breathing, I follow a uh, meditation practice. So that's involved with that. Um, But just being able to have control, whether it's box breathing uh, or just doing kind of a silent meditative practice where I'm just focusing on the breath. Uh, I love just doing breathing where uh, I breathe in, count one, breathe out, count two, go to 10, and then cycle through that a few times. And it just, it's a nice little reset where I like to actually do that in between tasks if I'm kind of switching modes from, okay, we do this interview and now I have to do some client calls. I'll do a little, I use that to kind of pause and breathe. Right. If you could uh, recommend a book related to mindfulness, what book would that be? All right. So the one thing is awesome. Um, also there's a book called, uh, essentialism by Greg McKeown. Really good that, uh, just talks about, you know, being, more present, more efficient with what we're doing and focusing. It's, it's very similar to the one thing where we're focusing on the thing that makes the most impact. Right. And can you share an app which helps you be more mindful? I love the Headspace meditation app. Uh, I've, I've been really trying to figure out a way to get to Andy and get him on my show. Um, I would love Andy Pudicombe. If anybody knows him, uh, I've been stalking him on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> no luck yet. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's that's an app that I just love, and I pay you know, I pay to to use it. And there's a great free uh, option, like a take ten challenge. I think that uh, a lot of people do. And uh, yeah, and they send me little like I've meditated for like five thousand minutes or something like that, and they send me mm-hmm. little gift certificates that I can use to give somebody for free. So I love to send those out to my my listeners and and people I'm connected with and get them involved with uh, meditation. Well, Mindful Tribe, check out Million Pound Mission because Adam is the man, you know, like connect with him, follow him, get onto Instagram. I mean, you can tell he's so down to earth and so, so easy to relate to. I mean, it's just fantastic. And uh, is there any other way we should be looking out to connect with you, Adam, other than that? Uh, no, millionpoundmission.com is the the best place to kind of use as a hub. I go live on social media all the time. I even uh, hit my clients up for extra iPhones so that I can go live across like six different channels. It's, it's, it's a pretty crazy setup. I don't feel very mindful when I do that. I've got six phones that, uh, you know, staring at me and I'm going live on all of them, but uh, I love to interact. Like the key thing is reach out and connect. If you think you need help, if I can add some energy to you, uh, send me a direct message on, on you know, Instagram or Facebook or email me off the website. But reach out. I love, like, I love to connect. I love to help. That's what I'm here to do. I'm on an impact mission, and uh, the only way I can reach my million pound goal is to help, you know, lots and lots of people. And I hope that uh, I can help some of your audience members. Well, you definitely can, and uh, I'll be following you too because I think I think it's just awesome what you're doing. And I want to thank you for being here on Mindfulness Mode today, Adam. It's been great. 
Bruce, I appreciate you sharing your audience with me and your platform. I know what a big deal that is as a fellow podcaster. Uh, so much respect to you and uh, your audience. I, I appreciate the opportunity, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. And and Mindful Tribe, don't forget, embed this in your brain, million pound mission, because this man has it together and he can help you. He will help you. And he's just such a giver, such a genuine down to earth guy. So check out millionpoundmission.com. And uh, thanks again, Adam. Thanks, Bruce. Yeah, take care. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and you can find the episode by typing the guest name or episode number into the search bar. So that's mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please help us by subscribing on whatever app you're listening. It could be iTunes, maybe it's Stitcher, Google Play, hit subscribe and share because sharing is what really helps so thanks so much for being a listener till next time mindful tribe use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm focus and happiness stay in the mode